my name is Jake, and joining me is my co-host Mitch. We've had to talk about the deaths of pro wrestlers before, but nothing quite like this. Uh, we took the last week off. There was some personal stuff that came up, and I feel like I can speak for myself, but the Jay Briscoe thing really kind of caught me off guard. And given everything that's been going on, I didn't feel like I was in a good headspace to really uh, say anything about it, and I don't want to ignore it. Mitch, I want to start with you. What are your favorite memories of the wrestler Jay Briscoe? It's difficult to put it into like a, a match or a character shift or anything like that. Because I at this point, I mean, we know bo- both of the Briscoes, and we'll get into this with Dynamite later, had, you know, there was controversy in the past, a lot of redemption in the future. And it's it's one of those cases where I find it almost impossible to separate Jay Briscoe, the wrestler from, from the person. So my favorite memories of him as a wrestler are also my favorite memories of him as a human being. Um, If I had to pick and kind of go off, off some wrestling things, I mean, we did see probably the greatest tag team trilogy we'll ever see in, Mm -hmm. in 2022. Um, doing again another recent one doing the whole fight on the farm thing during the pandemic in a dead sure. company i mean that's just ballsy but the little title run was pretty cool too so yeah i uh i don't want to go over the specifics of the accident there was loss mm-hmm. of life there were horrific injuries i feel like you can get that stuff elsewhere it's easy to find we talk wrestling and of course we wish nothing but the best for all of the families that are involved in this but I don't know. I'm kind of in a weird spot because uh, I was talking to someone about this earlier where we've two weeks in a row now, Tony Khan's done some sort of tribute for Jay. It it feels off. Like it doesn't feel like enough time has passed to enjoy something like this. Uh, I think it's one thing to celebrate the man's life and the man's career. And I think, I think I'm going to look back. We'll get in. We'll talk about it later. I think I'm going to look back on these last couple of weeks. I think it's going to be a cathartic rewatch. And I think it's going to ultimately be a better one. Just right now, that still feels pretty raw. Um, I feel like that's everything I really want to say on it. I think there's some big picture conversations that we can have about Jay Briscoe. And we might do that at a later date uh, to kind of give you guys a peek behind the curtain. Mitch and I were talking, you know, maybe once a month for 2023, kind of talking about the validity of someone's case for the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, I think Jay Briscoe is going to be a posthumous edition. And uh, I think it's going to make him, like I said, unfortunately a slam dunk candidate specifically as a tag team. Um, If you're unfamiliar with Jay Briscoe's work, I mean, Mitch said it, there's the trio of matches that they did with uh, FTR that we're going to be talking a lot more about whenever we do our awards. I mean, his world title run against Steen was like that title win was so crazy. If you, if I had to point out a singles run, I would say, uh, whenever he ended up losing it to Jay Lethal, like those matches were incredible. Uh, I think it's probably the highlight of Lethal's career is working with Jay. I mean, I don't know. I could just list a bunch of tag teams like Steen Generico feud was awesome. Uh, every match they had with the Young Bucks was so good. Uh, the Kings of Wrestling stuff with Hero and Claudio, like, man, the, the Briscoes, if they could take a below average tag team and have an amazing match with them. But whenever you put them in the ring with someone who's 
just as amazing you really have magic like i said it's just all all this is kind of a weird tone and it it would have felt disingenuous if we started with the music and just went and then talked about i don't know mitch did you see the new scream trailer like we we could have done that but it would have been so jarring We'll get into it later. I think we're going to be talking about a lot about the Briscoes in 2023. Mm-hmm. There was a three-hour show that just dropped online today that I mm-hmm. haven't had the time to watch. Neither, neither have I. I'm looking forward to it, but I haven't had a... I, d- I don't want to watch it in parts. I want to sit down and, and watch the three hours. So I, I got to... I think it's going to be a slot. very hard watch. As much as we love to fantasy book stuff around here, I feel like we could easily book some really cool stuff for mark it just it doesn't it doesn't feel right like there's some there's some slam dunk stuff where it's like you know obviously i think if tony Khan wants to do it him winning the world title would god you can't tell me there would be a dry eye in the house it's gonna happen it's just a question um, of when he's ready for it and i mean that's Im- imagine mark's call <laughs> imagine a trio of mark and ftr i was gonna we were going to get into it with the dynamite review, but I think that the thing that was a rallying point for so many people in this was the fact that Warner refused to let the Briscoes on TV. You mentioned the tweets. Jay said some horrifically homophobic stuff like over a decade ago, immediately was called out and immediately he, he looked to change. And over the last decade, He's one of those good Christians where it's like, yeah, they say they're a man of God, but it's like they also like love all people. Yeah. I mean, reading The Observer, Dave did such an amazing mm-hmm. job. Uh, I, I encourage all of you to go read The the Observer from this last week. Uh, people people like uh, Carrie Silken, who's gay, he said Jay and I had multiple conversations and he's such a loving man and he, he had such a repentant heart and felt so bad. Effie was another mm-hmm. person and i feel like we could list a whole bunch of oh, people God, yeah. but it's like this guy showed so much growth and was so sorry for the what he'd done and even for the uh the young bucks to come out and just be like we were constantly begging tony to have the briscoes in as like one of the first tag teams in aew and you look at it and it's like if the foundation of aew's tag team division was the bucks the briscoes lucha bros scu like man it's another like what could have been for AEW and we're four years in like the, there's so many alternate timelines and stuff. It's it's a bummer because ultimately Time Warner said that Tony Khan couldn't feature them at all. And so whenever he acquired Ring of Honor, first thing he did was sign the Briscoes and gave them, you know, very high contract, multi-year deals. Time Warner still said you can't use them. It's a bummer. It was a real bummer. Last week was supposed to be a complete tribute show to Jay. Warner Discovery said no and shut it down. And apparently this last week, Tony Khan fought tooth and nail. I I would love to know what those conversations look like. Mark wrestled in the main event of Dynamite. It was was incredible. We'll we'll talk about it later, but... It was actually kind of wild. The way my week turned out between work and the track and everything, I actually missed that kind of... 12 to 18 hour period where the reports came out that Warner was still saying no and actually just woke up to the news and the tweet that Mark was going to be on TV and it was just like holy shit they did it I I didn't even see the ones from 12 hours before and then 
obviously people started kind of calling out some of the reporters and stuff. And it was like, no, it wasn't an 11th hour deal. Like this was a last minute right. thing. The information was accurate 12 hours ago. Now it's not like it really did change, but I missed that kind of that drama to it and just woke up to the, the good news. I think it was just like a culmination of like a bunch of really shitty things where it was like they, they started showing Dana White's slap fight show Fuck. immediately after the the week that tony khan wanted to celebrate the mm. life of jay briscoe and they were like nah that's a little too reprehensible but this guy who just publicly you know messed up his wife uh yeah let's show his new thing where he, people literally can cuss each other for like no money it's like it's bum fights like it's like bum fights but like frat boys it's bizarre truly bizarre yeah i mean we could get into a whole bunch of other like like the fact that they're still have Ezra Miller, who's going to be in their like shitty flash movie. They're giving him millions and millions of dollars. And he's just a public nuisance at this point. Like there's so many in- reprehensible things that Warner brothers discovery is fine with. But uh, like I said, I-, I would love to know whatever Tony Khan said, because it's uh, it's nice that we can actually have the, the briscoes on tv it just you know it took the death of jay do you want to preview the royal rumble (laughs) i wondered what that segue was gonna be (laughs) on a scale of one to ten how excited are you for the royal rumble one and a half two part of me wants to watch the men's match i'll probably watch the men's rumble match i mean i'll I'll watch both the met both the rumble matches but not going in with high expectations what is your favorite wwe storyline right now it's literally the only storyline i'm aware of it's still the the sammy Zayn thing because the man is just a gift to the business <laughs> but i don't even know what any of the other stories are no i i have no clue I, what the feats are i, I, I assume I cody's coming there. back to win the rumble and i'm guessing that's a story but i'm making it up i i know the sammy thing and that's it so uh do you happen to have the card up for that I can pull it up here. I think I've got it. I mean, I better pull it up to see it for myself, too. I know there's two Rumble matches. I'm okay. pretty sure Kevin Steen is fighting Roman. Can you give me any thoughts on the WWE Raw Women's Championship between Bianca Belair, who, um, according to this, is the champion, defending against Alexa Bliss? So, judging from the Instagram stuff I've seen... They're going back to the weird, creepy Alexa that, like, I don't know if she's, like, Stockholm Syndrome or, like, one of Bray's puppets or whatever weird universe it is. So that's clearly going to be the angle. Um, I assume she won't win because then, like, why does that thing need a title? But (laughs) that's going to be the match, I think. Mountain Dew Pitch Black Match. Bray Wyatt versus L.A. Knight. Remember when we thought the red lighting was the stupidest thing we could do with a Bray Wyatt match? Remember when we thought the like fucking maggots on the mat was the stupidest thing we could do with the Bray Wyatt match? Remember I remember we thought hitting him with a bigger mallet was the stupidest thing we could do in a Bray Wyatt match. What's in that box-like structure? <laughs> um, I forgot about the box-like structure. So a report came out that internally bray list bray wyatt is listed as the number one baby face for smackdown so there's that i remember 
um, after I had stopped watching WWE, but still kept up with the discourse about it. And they did that Hell in a Cell match between, uh, who was it? It was The Fiend and it was Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. It had to be Tyler and the, 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 it was the first time that the actual <laughs> Hell in a Cell structure was red, blood red. And then they had blood red lighting. And it was the most god awful thing you could you could imagine. It was a and twenty people, minute brood entrance, and people were like, "That's it, I'm done." I'm like, "That's where you draw the line." <laughs> like, their production's been that bad for years. So, what what's your prediction of what have they have they said what the match type is going to be? It's just a sponsored match. I don't know. It's supposed to be like there's literally no lights on. Is this like the Mimosa Mayhem match where there's a vat of Mountain Dew you, you've got to throw your opponent in? No, this is like the Blair Witch Project where you have a kid with a VHS recorder trying to film in the dark. Hey, someone who enjoys found footage horror, uh, I yeah, I still wouldn't like that. Um, <laughs> next up, we've got the WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defends against Kevin Owens. I think they I mean, did this exact match at the Rumble two or three years ago. It was the one where they botched the handcuff spot and Roman didn't get up and they had to they had to ad lib it because he couldn't. Yeah, get no, the I remember now. I remember now. Because Kevin Owens is actually the lineal champion right now. Acknowledge him. Uh, so moving on. Um we've got the women's Royal Rumble match. As of now, we are recording this January 26th. SmackDown has not aired. The announced contestants, Mitch, are Liv Morgan, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Raquel Gonzalez, Shayna Baszler, Zelina Vega, and Emma. And there will be some uh, 20 people, 22 people. 23. Cool. Who are mysteries. How many times do you think the Bellas are going to come out <laughs> for this match? <laughs> They do the know. they I do the luchador gimmick with they them right up. now. They were taking some shots after nothing being shown on that little anniversary show. They were salty. Okay, I, I should I should uh, rephrase that. How many times are Trish Stratus, Trish Stratus, and Lita coming out for the mm. Women's Royal Rumble? We'll get uh, who else are we going to get? Victoria. Uh, we'll get Kelly Kelly again. Um, so. God help not... us, Nia Botch will be back. <laughs> Tori Wilson. Tamina Snuka's go. got to come out. Stacey Keebler. They haven't even announced Natty Neidhart yet. I thought she was hurt. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet like the other day that she was hurt. But uh, again, I, I don't pay the closest attention. Um, you'll have to tell. I'm, there's no way I'm watching this match. You will have to tell me how bad it is whenever an, a woman from NXT comes out and the crowd has no idea who they are. They tried They're the one year where they had like 20 NXT people and no one <laughs> knew who like any of them were. I, I knew them and I was excited because they were the yeah. only ones I wanted to watch. But Tell me was, how loud the crickets are. It's terrible. I mean, this, this thing apparently is doing really well. Like they're selling an insane amount of tickets. Oh, yeah. I think they said it's already their highest grossing Royal Rumble of all time, which I'm like, that is that's wild. San Antonio is desperate for some entertainment down there. 
Um, and then obviously the, the big draw is the men's Royal Rumble match. Right now, the participants are Kofi Kingston, Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Austin Theory, Seth freaking Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Rey Mysterio, Baron Corbin, Cody Rhodes, Gunther, Dominic Mysterio, Omos, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Karrion Cross. So, Mitch, I ask you, who wins the men's Royal Rumble match of 2023? It's not that serious of a question. Baron Corbin. <laughs> uh, I'll say Cody Rhodes. I mean, it's supposed to be Cody, but they seem to be <laughs> fucking a lot up lately, so I'm not giving him any credit for Cody. Fuck it, Sami Zayn's gonna win the Royal Rumble. There's your So answer. that's 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 kind of where I'm leaning. Um, as someone who does not pay attention at all, I just know, like, I've got, like, observer recaps and, like, tweets that just say how amazing the bloodline is. That's all I know. I wouldn't be upset if it's Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. I don't know if that means Sami wins. Um, I'd be I'd be happy if El Generico wins the WWE title to main event WrestleMania. Like as much as it meant that he wasn't going to go to AEW, Kevin Steen main eventing a WrestleMania is still pretty cool. Um, I guess that would open up the door for something like John Cena versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Uh, you could do something big, big, big. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any major thoughts. The Royal Rumble match is always really fun, but now that um, I don't know. Besides Sammy, no one, I don't think there's anyone that's like red hot, like Ricochet going on a run is going to excite no one. Dolph Ziggler is probably not even going to be in the Royal Rumble. Like, I, I don't, I have nothing else to really say. So, you ready to move on? Yes, <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Let's talk about some wrestling we actually do enjoy. Sounds great. Uh, do we want to go Okada first? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so we have the kind of crossover shows in Japan. You know, we've had a few lately, including Great Muda's final bye-bye with Darby <laughs> Allen and Sting, which is still a real thing that happened like a fucking week ago. But yep. one, of, one of the big angles that happened was Okada was in like their standard kind of whatever multi-man cross-promotional tag. And... Kiyomiya, Kiyomiya, I don't actually know Kiyom- Kiyomiya. Kiyomiya. He comes in, like he walks in, starts kicking Okada. Absolutely. So you're not you're not familiar with him at all. I mean a little, but not okay. huge. Okay. So I don't I don't see a lot of like DDT or Noah or any of those promotions. I've watched the odd show, but 
Sure. Sure. I I was just I was kind of curious. Yeah, like I mean I've I've seen like a couple of the big matches. Like I've loved Goshiyazaki's stuff and Oh like, dude, been... could you imagine Goshiyazaki versus Okada? That's the match. Give Honestly, me that I'm match. hoping he comes over for a forbidden door match at some point. We've been doing a lot of cross promotion with those things. It'd be sick, but Goshiyazaki versus Pack. Yeah. The pres- most of my like I spend too much on the Joshis to have time for the DDT and Noah stuff. Oh, so. dude, could you imagine Kenny Omega Goshiyazaki? I I can't imagine, and I'd like to oh, see it. That'd be, match that'd of the be year, sick. Dude. Uh, yeah. So Kimiya comes in anyway. He's kicking Okada a few times. Absolutely fucking hoofs him in the face, and they get the, him. He gets him good, and they're like they're hitting stiff. They're beating the absolute piss out of each other. They head to the outside. They brawl. They throw each other into shit. They're wrestling stiff as hell. Match gets ruled a no contest, so it's building to the singles match between them. Like that's the angle we're going. Okada's bleeding from the head. Like they they make it look like as close to a shoot as possible. Like this is incredibly well done. Like yep. you can know nothing about either of them and be on the edge of your seat going, this is good shit right here. And so everybody went nuts for it, as they should. How is this any different than what Athena and Jody threat was, outside of the fact that these are bigger <laughs> names and better wrestlers? I'm not... No, get... Take your fucking clickbait line and shove it up your ass. I'm not... No, I know Okada and Kimi are significantly not... Oh We're not touching God. that. I just mean conceptually, it was a stiff match. We know the well. So okay. <laughs> well, no, because they're two totally different things. How? So one of them's actually setting up like a whole, like a high-profile Tokyo Dome match. The other set up a big heel turn in a Ring of Honor title run. Yeah, okay. again, one's bigger than the other. One's significantly bigger. bigger than, yeah. But I'm saying the concept of wrestling stiff being a great thing for the men, but when Athena does it, suddenly they're unprofessional and not working right. Oh, you're not going to like my answer. I think it's because the discourse around women's wrestling is just total bullshit and shouldn't be taken seriously. I think the majority of people who have something to cry about with women's wrestling will just always be crying about it. These are people who don't enjoy any product and just bag on shit to bag on shit. And I, I mean, I I've been consistent this whole time. I think Athena's badass. her like working more stiff is exactly what we like want out of the women's division. So yeah, no, I have no problem with it, but I, I wouldn't waste your time getting too upset because the people, the people who got upset about Athena are fucking dumb. They also probably uh, got upset when uh, Ruby bled all over the place. That was gnarly. Sure, that was I, like, like that was Dustin Rhodes level blood. Like holy these, shit! These people break out the stopwatch whenever they're like, "Oh, the women weren't on long enough." Meanwhile, whenever the main event of Raw gets scrapped, no one really says shit. <laughs> advertised that cage match for like three weeks so for those of you that don't know <laughs> the main events of raw this last week was it the big 30th anniversary yeah, it was the 30th it was supposed to be a cage match to feature the women's division the two biggest names they have becky lynch and bailey and uh the match got scrapped for time yep, they got a two-minute angle part of that upsets me because 
could you fucking imagine how funny it would be to watch a two-minute cage match? Not even that, because you have to set up the angle. A one-minute cage match? That's Chikara shit. Oh, I would have loved it. Oh, I would have loved it. Um, not that I'm saying that booking a weekly, you know, wrestling show is easy, but like, holy shit! Did a three-hour like, show with four matches. Yes, it's three hours long. Four matches, the whole show. Are you serious? Four matches. I looked at the results. I was like, it's a 30th anniversary show. Maybe there's a cool match for me to check out. Nope, there were four matches. How many times did DX come out and tell everyone to suck it? I don't know, but Kurt Angle came out with them because he was that member of DX we always knew existed. Hey, this guy, he knows how to faction. He's my favorite member of the Shield. He's my mm-hmm. favorite member of DX. The Kurt Angle. Oh, he's even my favorite member of Team Angle. See? Mm-hmm. Which, Kurt that should... Kurt, let's go. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, banter around, like, the women's division i'm just like you're either like someone i can talk to and you're just like i like good wrestling or you just have a fucking crazy crazy expectations so yeah don't don't get upset with them that they're not real people on on the topic of of women's wrestling i checked out um i did not watch the whole show i only watched like two matches they did uh GCW and I think it was New South Pro or New Pro South or whatever that random indie promotion is. I know those are the words. I don't know the order they go in. And it was um, Billy Starks who did another Dark Elevation appearance Mm -hmm. on this week's Dynamite against Kenzie Page. And if you're saying, who the fuck is Kenzie Page? Fair question. (laughs) You don't really hear of her much. Um, she was someone during the early pandemic era when they were filming like seven hours of dark in a row. She was like 19 or 20 and she did maybe two or three dark appearances for AEW. And to put it mildly, she stunk. Um, She was very new, very green. Like they, they definitely were, you know, just calling up literally anybody with a pulse who could make it to Jacksonville at that point. And, (laughs) Fair play, like that's what you had to do. But she was definitely like not even ready for for that opportunity. She wasn't in great shape; like she got blown up super fast. Didn't really have a lot of technical prowess. Over the past two years, she has gotten herself into ridiculously good shape. Looks like a million bucks. Looks the part of a star. Came out carrying herself like a star. I thought she looked better than Billy Starks, who everybody's going nuts about. Like, I thought Kenzie looked better than Billy in this match. So, it improved a ton technically. Um, you said that guess... was this week's dark? Yeah, yeah. One of our uh, one of our corner of the friend, corner of the internet friends mentioned that Billy was on, like, as in at Dynamite on Wednesday, taping for next week's dark. Oh, so it'll be on Monday. Yeah, but she also was her match with Britt Baker from the last like studio tapings aired on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, so, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Billy and Kenzie had this. Like, I thought Kenzie looked better. Apparently, she's one half of the NWA Women's Tag Team Champions. I didn't know they had enough women to have tag team champions. But hey, cool, good for her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the NWA still has like twenty something titles after pairing them down. Probably. I don't know who her partner is or anything, but. 
she's got a couple belts. Um, anyway, I just thought she looked great and someone I'm going to be keeping an okay. eye on because she got herself into good shape, seems to have improved a ton, and she carries herself well. So I was pretty impressed and just want to give a little shout out to Kenzie Page for rocking it. Yeah, good job spotlighting somebody that you uh, enjoy. Um, I mean, I guess real quick, we can talk about Billy Starks. I think she's someone who eventually will end up here unless WWE gets her. Um, I'm really curious to see how she continues to grow. Um, She's definitely not ready yet. No, no. And I don't think she will be for some time. She shouldn't be. She's 18. What? right no but you you get what i'm saying though yeah, where it's yeah. just like people were going fucking crazy about her when she was 14 dude so yeah, like it's just because she was 14 yeah um yeah i i'm really interested to see what the independent women's wrestling scene looks like because mm. i think honestly they might have a lot more upside than the men at this point because there's just nothing on the independence as far as like male stars you like have to hunt the globe. Um so yeah, I, I I'm I'm curious to check out the set of matches. Um yeah, based off of all the spoilers I saw for you know the darks and rampage, I think it's gonna be a really fun weekend of catching up on stuff. All right, we uh we had a really good dynamite before we get into it. Ratings looked really good again. Mm-hmm. I think it was 0.32 um only a reason i want to bring that up is that's two weeks in a row where they hit a significant number um i'm curious to see where they three. go from here was it three in a row this is three in a row now yeah um i think this is like the best run that dynamite's been on ever like it's been almost three months of just of like just really... absolute solid stuff yeah like can't miss episodes yeah. of dynamite um so yeah i mean i for their sake I hope that they continue to do really well before TV negotiations. I mean, in the same way that WWE keeps hoping they pull in point sevens for raw. Um, First hour did 84. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I, I think it's because they, they were like, the rock is going to be there. We're doing the rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. Hulk Hogan. Dude. I mean, yeah, I did. I get it. Hogan's Hogan's a draw for some people. Um, but yeah, I, I just really quick before we jumped in. Um, so yeah, you want to walk us through dynamite? Yeah. So we, we open up not the match I expected to start the show, but we opened up with, uh, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara against Ricky Starks and action and dready. I really like this match. This was done really well. They're um, they're setting up these angles really good right now with everything going on with Jericho's stuff. Yeah, I there's a couple things I want to uh, you know touch on here. Um, people really don't like Chris Jericho's segments and MJF segments because they find them too repetitive, but I think they work incredibly well. Everyone that Jericho interacts with becomes a big deal in AEW. And I, I mean the MJF stuff. It's like yes, the the trials of MJF. It's like is it predictable? Yes. Are the matches amazing? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with it. Like the 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 people who want more storytelling over wrestling. I'm like, 
well, this is a wrestling show where the storytelling is really good. Like it's, it's a wrestling company first. So uh, I, I just, I beg people to keep that in mind. Um, the second point I wanted to get to is Sammy Guevara. Mitch, we are both outspoken on our dislike of mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara in AEW. Uh, I think I'm starting to turn around on it. So the one thing, like this pairing with Daniel Garcia works really, really, it really works well. great. And I like what they're doing there. The only thing whenever Sammy, you know, downs downloads this, I know he's he's a listener every week. Yeah, he's done really well with talk shows in the past, so <laughs> <laughs> remind me to ask him what he thinks about Sasha Banks. Um Mercedes, she doesn't oh, go sorry. by that anymore. Mercedes Monet. Um I would advise him to start selling more in the same way where Will Ospreay for like a minute or two, it was just like, will you please sell a move, please, (laughs) please. Like your, your move set is really cool. Like you do some cool stuff. Can you just like act hurt for five seconds? Um, That's kind of where I'm at with Sammy Guevara. (laughs) And it's like, I, I think he does have, you know, pretty big star potential. Truth be told, I mean, his stuff, looking back, whenever, you know, we were working on our top 10 matches of the year, I ended up listing that Cody, Sammy Guevara ladder match. And Sammy was awesome in that. Him winning that feud, I thought was going to propel him really far. But then he went, yeah, the Scorpio Sky feud didn't really go anywhere. And that kind of derailed him for the entire year. Um. Yeah, Sammy just needs to sell. Uh, this match was really good. Uh, we're obviously setting up for Ricky Starks versus Jericho at the pay-per-view, and I think that match is going to be very special. Yeah, I think we're going on a really cool arc with, with Danny Garcia, too. They kind of salvaged it after the will-he-won't-he wishy-washy stuff. Yeah. It's, it's starting to turn a corner in a good way. Um I like that Sammy was the one that was able to get the pin, but Garcia had to help him. And like, so Jericho hasn't really overcome his losing streak at all, despite picking up the win. And that was, Oh, but he's going to, the way they both picked him up at the end. Like that was a nice, a nice touch for that story. Well, he's all Jericho's also just going to be like talking to like mad shit. Oh yeah. So yeah, Yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, so then I think they did the quick uh they might have done the quick video tribute to Jay Briscoe yes. after this. Yeah, it was the, just the like pacing, little two minute uh the pacing on this was really odd. Yeah. Um I have a really hard time figuring out what was the fight feed and what came through for American audiences because it was kind of choppy mm. the entire time. This was the first one where it felt like we were gonna go into commercial. But then they did the tribute and then cut to commercial, but didn't really cut to commercial. Uh, it was it was odd on my end, but I'm just going to assume that's because I'm on the international feed. But the the segment itself was amazing. Yeah. And like I said, uh, I'm so happy that they were actually able to do a fitting tribute to Jay Briscoe. And, you know, Tony Khan only employed him for a short amount of time, but 
you know, his, his presence was felt the short time that he worked for him. So I'm, I'm glad they, they did that. So then we jump right into the TNT match next. Again, the, the timing I ended up having to watch uh, the, the regular TBS feed on the high seas because I couldn't watch my regular TSN direct streaming feed. So I did get the, the American TV version and the timing was weird on it too. So it, it so, wasn't just the international feed. It was weird. But. Did they cut to commercial during Buddy's entrance? Or Yeah, they did like, they did the bulk of his entrance and then cut to commercial and then came back and it was... Gotcha. I mean, I don't know how long the commercial break was because obviously that got edited out on the, the streamed version I watched, but it was clear like, yeah, they took a commercial break and came back in. Okay, because I didn't get a commercial, and it was basically Excalibur like rerunning down the card for like a second time in a row, and it was kind okay. of just it, it was just awkward. Gotcha. So I was curious what the difference on that was going to be, but uh, yeah, so yeah, but yeah. Was, what did you uh, what did you think of the TNT title match? That attempt at the Scorpion Death Drop off the top rope scared the crap out of me. That almost went really bad. Um it's probably a good thing that if buddy's going to stick with this group, they start doing a little bit of face paint form to make yeah. it at least kind of match the two guys covered in tattoos head to <laughs> right. toe. It's got nothing to do with matching like blacks, eye makeup or anything like that. It's just make yeah. them look a little less like uh like Tony niece and a little more like a member of the house of black. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Whenever I heard that we were going to be getting Darby Allen versus Buddy Matthews, I was like, that match is going to be sick. And it overperformed what I thought it was going to be. Um, Buddy post WWE now has been pretty miss for me. Yeah. Even his independent stuff mm -hmm. hasn't really hit. Um, but I really enjoyed this match. I thought the finish itself was a little clunky with the uh, coffin drop while he's like kind of yeah, I mean, it's, we're getting close to being time to move on from the coffin drop a little bit. I think it's or or it's just like I, I think it was awesome whenever they did the. Uh, I think it was a it was a multi person tag. It might have been all out where people were just wrestling, and then out of nowhere, you just see Darby fall into frame and do a coffin drop. <laughs> um, that shit's cool. Yeah, and uh, there was some really interesting work here um this is gonna sound so dorky but one of my favorite spots of the match was buddy was going to power bomb uh darby into the barricade and then darby just you know uses his momentum and her coronism into the barricade and it was just like it was a nice little like uh continuing spot these guys have really cool chemistry um yeah i i really really dug the match the, the odd uh, little detail that I liked the most of it was when uh, it was, I think, probably around the midway point when Darby went for one of his suicide dives, but Buddy had already been, like, beating up his already injured leg a bit. Yeah. And, like, he, it looked like he was half watching yeah. the dive, and he realized it was totally on purpose, and then Buddy, like, caught him and dropped him on the, the side of the ring. That was, that was really well done. I think we're going to get an amazing underdog story with Darby one day mm -hmm. where maybe even it's with MJF, you know, around uh, all out or full gear time where he's uh, Darby is very close to winning the world mm -hmm. title. 
I, I think you could tell a really cool story there. Yeah. Um, I Darby is easily one of my favorite people in this promotion. Um, all of his stuff is so great. I listened to uh, it's probably about an hour. Darby Allen and Jamie Hader both went on yeah. a, like, Tony Hawk's podcast. How was that? It was cool. It was it was interesting. I mean, it I've was got it in my queue. It was a blend because like they talked a little bit of wrestling. They talked a lot of skateboarding. They talked a lot of just random. Yeah, other I know that's stuff. why it's in like, my queue. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't just uh, it wasn't like uh. I mean, I enjoy Renee's podcast with the wrestlers. I can tolerate some of the uh, the official AEW unrestricted ones. Oh, I can't. <laughs> um, I can't. <laughs> um, the ones where Alex guest hosts with um, with Tony are pretty good. Oh, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> for obvious reasons, they're great. Um, I don't want to say anything more than that, nope, unless nope, I piss nope. off half the internet. But. Nope. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like this one was was really more uh, a glimpse in both of them and talking about some of their. Oh, I'm not going to spoil it. Jamie Hader has an awesome, I say awesome, and it's like gruesome story about like her gnarliest injury in the ring, and it's okay. It's it's dope. So it's it. I I really enjoyed. I'm looking it. forward to it. It, it. it was a good listen. Um, yeah. So after the match, um, Tony Schiavone comes out to hype up mm. Darby, and I was like, all right, who's going to interrupt? Yeah. It was Samoa Joe. Samoan Joseph was on the big screen and uh, challenged Darby to mm-hmm. a street fight next week for the TNT title. And dude, I I hated WWE for the longest time because I'm like, yes, I'm glad these two wrestlers are mm-hmm. finally wrestling and have a series of matches. But most of them end in like bullshit finishes. And like, it just, it's, it's basically about the entrances mm-hmm. and the finishers and then the post-match angle. Yeah. It's, it's a video game. Right. <laughs> but in AEW, it's like, I'm getting three matches between Samoa Joe and Darby Allen. Like, yes, let's go. And odds are Samoa Joe's going to win his title mm-hmm. back just in time for Wardlow to challenge mm-hmm. him at Revolution. Television. I, I mean... But he's not the king of pay-per-view, so I'll have to lose there. <laughs> Right, dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or or War- Warlow can come out and just fuck with Joe. Yeah, I, I mean you can. You, there's really yeah. no oh, yeah. no no wrong answer here. Um, but my point is, it's like whenever two wrestlers go in for a series of matches, like I even think the height of the Scorpio Sky Sammy Guevara feud that everyone you know hates the high points in that were really, really fun. And I get why Tony Khan booked it. I, I like Scorpio sky. I was really happy. Yeah. I, I want him uh, back. I miss him. Scorpio. Where are you? I thought you were going to show up on the Cali sweep. Like what the fuck? I, I don't know. I don't know. Tony, get your shit together. Where's Scorp? <laughs> he might be going to impact with uh, Frankie Kazarian. Honestly, as soon as it Kazarian signed, I considered that might be the case. Yep. Yep. It just is what it is. Yep. What do we got next? Uh, shit. What was next? Was it Jungle Hook next? You know how I was telling you that I was really into the Jungle Hook tag team? Yeah. I'm out. (laughs) I don't know why. Normally, I can articulate (laughs) why I like something and why I don't. But um, it just feels like filler. 
it just feels like we're killing time and whenever it's too obvious for me i'm just like i'm kind of kind of out this tag match was fine i i just i don't know i don't really want jungle hook to have a legit tag team run but part of me feels like they will because they draw really really well uh i don't know i'm not quite sure where we go with them besides a tag match maybe it revolution if christian's healthy i don't know my my big it's not a complaint my big sadness with this match because people who don't watch dark didn't get to experience this the running gag on dark lately has been the same thing ethan and matt come out ethan cuts off the music cuts a little speech about how well he and matt hardy are getting along and then they go back to the hardy boys theme and every single time Ethan's got the mic in his head the whole way down and he's like singing the theme, like singing the notes into the mic very terribly while it's playing. Like he's juking along going like, and it's, it's fucking priceless. And we didn't get to see that on dynamite. So I'm sad for all the people who don't watch dark because it is hilarious to watch. <laughs> and I love Ethan page. Yeah. Ethan page is in this weird spot where I'm just like, I, People who are upset with the MJF and uh, Jericho feuds, mm-hmm. can I? Can we talk about Matt Hardy feuds <laughs> in AEW? Like, please, as far as stuff that you just don't care about, because that's where I'm at. Maybe that's what it was. I'm just I don't want Matt Hardy on my TV in 2023. Like, it's it's you either come out with Jeff or you do Dark. And now that he's on my main TV again and not on Dark. I'm like, hey, no, no. It's you go really entertaining on you dark. You go back to your room, Matt Hardy. It's been yeah. really good on dark because they're jobber matches, so Ethan gets to play up the douche gimmick a lot more, and it's it's a lot of fun. But I'm just really praising Ethan Page more and more and ignoring the Matt Hardy right, part right, of the right. equation. That's what I'm saying. I'm, like, I... <laughs> I'm not blind to what I'm doing here. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the second interview between Renee Paquette and Hangman Page and I don't like it. Um, For no reason whatsoever, Hangman wants to knock out Mox again uh, which kind of goes against his character right now. Yeah, this was weird. Um, yeah, I I'm getting, I'm getting that feeling that we're going to have the, the badass tag team. That's just, I a gut feeling is it wishful thinking likely um but yeah anyway i guess we're getting that match next week john moxley yeah. versus hangman and uh wheeler yuda came out to accept on moxley's behalf and then set up a match for rampage which i am dying to watch tomorrow uh wheeler yuda versus hangman page is like that's a potential like pay-per-view main event in a few years mm-hmm. like come on people um, I have no doubt that they they're gonna tear it up. Um, what did you think about this? Am I crazy? Like I, it I felt weird. Like I mean, I wasn't surprised there was no follow up on the elite because uh, you know we all thought the visa issues were with one of the Lucha Bros. Turns out it's with Kenny. Yeah. Um, he wasn't a dynamite this week because his yeah. visa's screwy right now. And yeah. for those that have forgotten, Kenny is still Canadian, so you still need one of those things. Um, yep. so. I wasn't surprised they didn't like when I learned that I was less surprised why they didn't follow up on the tease of like mending fences and that. But this, this did feel weird. Like 
I don't really know if it's a, a bad pivot, if it's going somewhere I don't understand yet, but it felt out of character for Hangman. Um, I still thought, like, I mean, as far as doing what they are trying to do and doing it well, yeah, of course, Hangman talked well, Renee played her part well, blah, 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 but the actual story itself was was weird. So, I don't know. Maybe it'll take another week or two to see where it's leading before I can... I mean, if Hangman does something it. like join the Blackpool Combat Club and we get like the elite versus Mox, mm. Hangman, and Yuda. Shit's rad. I mean, hell, throw Claudio in there. Mm. I don't know. However you want to do it. Yeah, because Takeshita will get uh, help from Don Callis. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about now? It means MJF, you're an asshole. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't think Takeshita would be getting over the way that he's getting over. Uh, I'm very optimistic for yeah. what's next for him. It's that fucking flying like shoulder block clothesline. That thing connects with people. I mean, except whenever it it doesn't, we can talk. We can talk about his uh, how shitty that flying knee was in a bit. <laughs> uh, it wasn't his fault. No. By any means, well, let's get into it here. Brian Danielson defeated yeah, yeah. Brian. Oh yeah, Brian Danielson defeated Brian Cage with Prince Nana. Um, I don't think this came through on everyone else's feed. So, in in you know, hang with me for a second. Uh, I think it was during a picture in picture. Tony Schiavone pointed out how absolutely insane, like storyline wise, it was for MJF to go up to Prince Nana and be like, "This is more money than you've seen in your entire mm-hmm. life." And he's like, he's he is a prince. Mm-hmm. He has like he has a lot of money, but you know, for someone like Brian Cage, it makes sense he jumps at this opportunity. Yeah. And I was like, yes, Tony, thank you. Even though like it's me and you know the people in the Docklands and everyone else internationally, we're the only ones that hear it. That was good. That was a, a nice little cover up. Um, but let's talk about the match itself. Uh, what would you think of Danielson beating Brian Cage? Typical Brian Cage match. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, coming off Bandito last week or yeah, last week. Yep. It was, I, I knew I wasn't going to get magic. It was still fun. I mean, I like that they paid attention to the fact that Cage was being paid to break his arm and not win yeah. the match. And that was the actual point. They did a good job with that. Um, then I get post match beat down. It was perhaps telling that, you know, Brian's still kind of alienated from the rest of the combat club after the Willie Regal stuff because none of them came out to help him. That's seemed... the fact that Danielson's still coming out on the heel side. Mm-hmm. Like all of that seemed intentional and well well thought out. So the match itself was just fine, but the the attention on the other things to it were nice. Um Takeshita coming out was kind of weird, but yeah, and then there was that flying knee that I was talking about where yeah. Brian Cage took a terrible bump off of it and kind of just like fell down like a I will say this about Cage. Um it looked like he's actually lost some muscle weight, which good for him. He's gonna have a much better career as opposed to him just like ex like his muscles mm-hmm. and tendons literally exploding in the ring. And this is this is what happens with that that level of of steroid use and being that like yeah. ifbb bodybuilder big your your tendons and ligaments can't 
hold on. Yeah. There's literally too much muscle and they, they are not strong enough to handle it. We hear stories all the time of them like tearing biceps off the bone, picking up a dumbbell randomly. Like it's yeah. Cage is a safe worker a lot of the time. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. But that is <laughs> picking up a gallon of milk. Yeah, that has nothing to do with with why he's getting hurt. It's it's the size. Yeah, and I mean, again, I, I think his contract is coming up sometime very, soon. Very, very soon. Within, so, within a few weeks from what I've been hearing, even. I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the match. I thought it was really good. I'm not going to complain with getting weekly Danielson matches <laughs> on TV. Um, Next week, we're getting Brian Danielson versus Timothy Thatcher. And as much as I fucking hate watching Timothy Thatcher um i'm really geeks about this it's like he's a he's stylistically on paper you know both of these guys are like grapple perverts Mm. and they're gonna work the arm Mm -hmm. like a very specific body part and i'll say this about timothy thatcher as much as i get burnout on his stuff it's because i start watching him more and more often and I'm just like, come on, dude! Like, do something different. But if so, I'm only watching him like every Brian Cage, yes. <laughs> I mean, good comp. Brian Cage actually like does moves instead of just like you know dry humping on the mat like Timothy Thatcher. Um, <laughs> you can laugh into the microphone. Come on, <laughs> listeners are thinking you're no selling me. Meanwhile, you're over here like pissing yourself laughing. Um, I, I'm really excited for this because I'm going to get one Timothy Thatcher match, and if it's good, cool. If it's bad, cool. <laughs> I don't have to watch him again. Like I'm not really watching yeah. Noah right now and going out there and watching Thatcher matches. And not in 2023. Are you kidding me? Uh, so yeah. There there are two reasons I was really, really excited to hear this. One, because as soon as MGF said it inflicts pain, I was like, oh, it's Timothy Thatcher. And then I was right. So, of course, I'm going to be hyped because I I, I got it quick. But two is the the, the extra layering with, with this whole MGF story and the trials and getting to this Iron Match, Iron Man match and the plan MGF has in place pays Brian Cage to try and break Danielson's arm then brings in a submission specialist to try and break Danielson's arm more. And can everybody please take a beat and remember what one of MJF's key finishers is salt to the earth, the arm bar where he tries to rip your arm off. Like he's setting it up a month and a half out for the Iron Man match to have Brian Danielson come in already weakened in the place where he's going to try and put the submission on over and over and over and over, potentially even giving up a fall, refusing to let go at a rope break or something like, it's Mitch, being well thought out. Shut up. AEW doesn't tell stories. But MGF's the one they want in Connecticut, so he's allowed to, <laughs> right? <laughs> um Yeah, I mean I am Is it a huge missed opportunity if Tony Khan's not paying off a bunch of doctors to get Nigel McGuinness cleared for one more match <laughs> against Danielson? Like can can we all agree to sell our souls and kind of turn turn the cheek and not really pay attention to Nigel McGinnis getting back in the ring with Brian Danielson? 
I mean, I mean, we already put fucking Shibata on television, so <laughs> bring back Shibata to face Daniels. Like, yeah, that oh, you seems like a safe Shibata plan. die. Tony Khan's like, we let all me thought get the, it was going to be power slap. Let me get the TV contracts first, <laughs> then we bring in Shibata. Um, Kinta, why have we not done Kinta? There's two like, matches left. There's two yeah, more. And one's against Tim Thatcher. No, there's two more after Thatcher. It's like six he's no, got to go through. There's no, there's not. I'm pretty sure he only has to win the one more. They they mentioned like what was they it? Did. February first. Let's let's figure this out. They had a specific date. It was like either February first or like February eighth. If you make it by then, you can be the number one contender. Okay, yeah, five five matches. So we'll have one more after Thatcher. Who do you pick? It's got to be Kenta, right? That I'll, was... I'll settle for Marafuji. <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to be happy about it. If you give me Kenta Danielson, please. Please main event a dynamite with Kenta Danielson. Or give him the opening segment so they can go, like, 40 minutes. <sighs> so anyway, I didn't let you answer. If you could watch Danielson wrestle one dream opponent in his final conquest, who's that match against? The Karushida. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Sean Spears. Test. I mean, like, Nigel would be the dream. <laughs> Wouldn't that be sick? If if we're playing into the arm story, the two names that jump out as actually relevant would be, and one of them makes no sense because he's a baby face, would be Kushida with the, the hoverboard lock and everything. And Zack Sabre Jr. was the other one that jumped out oh. as, as one that would make sense to kind of further this, this arm story, but... That would be a really good one. No. Damn, see? Look at that. I should let you take thoughtful pauses more often. <laughs> um, holy shit. This match is not getting good votes on Cage Match, which I don't understand. Which one? Uh, Ruby Soho defeated Tony Storm. Really? And on Cage Match, it's a 5.62. Why? Was, this match ruled. It was awesome, and the crowd was into it. It went great. I went like four stars on this. Yeah. I thought it was a blast. Maybe well, not four. Like no, just was, under four. Yeah, like Ruby's adapted, and since she's come back from the snow break, she's been so much better. Like it's been awesome. Honestly, I thought the start of the match was Tony Storm. Oh, of course, but by I'm like saying, a mile. Ruby's been a lot better lately, and it's been awesome. Yeah. But yeah, Tony obviously is. It's Tony Storm. She's going to be the star. Of this I'm. Match. I'm curious what we're actually setting up here with the homegrown talent versus the. We can't call them XWWE women. Um, it's blood and guts, right? Yeah, right. Oh, we're That's head, what we're, we're going for five v five blood and guts. Yeah, five or four. I don't know. I guess it depends. But yeah, we're headed to blood. Yes, it guts. depends if you can get Mercedes and uh, Trinity. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, um, okay, who do you have? So, like, D will join the Outsiders crew, right? When yeah, but let's let's write this down. So we've got Paige, Tony, Storm. Uh, let's just say Mercedes, Trinity, 
Indeed. If it's not Mercedes and Trinity. Okay, let's let's do the other side. Yeah. So we've got Brit, Hater, Ruby, Willow, Willow. Uh, how about how about a returning Statlander, Sheeta? I mean, Sheeta makes sense because they've kind of yeah. We'll do yeah. she does the pick. Uh, if it's not Mercedes and Trinity, it's obviously obviously who's the other women's tag team that are assholes? <laughs> I know, but they're not outsiders, so it's weird. Who cares? Yeah, no, it's it's going. All right. Anyway, hold on to your butts because you're getting uh, on a J and a blood and guts patch. I mean, you um, know it, it, It's going to suck, but it, it does actually still work with the outs. They're not outsiders, but they're doing the sports entertainer gimmick, which is right. like the outsider gimmick. So in an abstract way, it works because the better I, choice would be to just go super villains and have Bunny and Penelope Ford because Bunny will blade like a motherfucker. I would I like that and, a lot. More. Like that's such a better match. Yeah. It just doesn't fit. But it's a it's way a... better match. Look so fuck you. it. Make it fit. I'm glad I have such I don't a, give a good shit co-host. how you do. <laughs> uh back to the match itself. I thought this was really good. No that was awesome. five point six two. It's a hard hitting match. Those Ooh. uh hip attacks they from Tony Storm. So gnarly. They're amazing. So good. Um, I usually hate ass face spots, and that one looks amazing. God, I hate um, let's let's get into the main event. We uh, we we started somber. Let's mm-hmm. end somber. Uh, Mark Briscoe defeated Jay Lethal. Um, if you haven't watched this, do your you know self a huge favor and go seek it out. Mm-hmm. And good luck watching um, Jay Lethal's entrance. Oh, dude, that made me tear up. Good luck. Um. This was really special. Um, so Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh come out. They're both wearing Sanjay. Sanjay. Sanjay, sorry. Small, not um, big. <laughs> I promise I'm not racist. I, I just don't have show notes and I'm going off the top of my head. Um, they came out wearing Jay Briscoe shirts. They didn't do any heel shtick. Nope. Um, Sanjay gave him a, a, a hug. They were both crying, and then Sanjay went to the back. So no interference yeah. spots, which I loved. Uh, we didn't have Jeff Jarrett coming out here doing his bullshit. Could you imagine oh my God. him making this about himself like he always does? Anyway, um, so that was a really touching moment, and then um, you know, Jay up on the turnbuckle being like reach for the sky like it, it was it was great and then mark came out he had both titles the, mm-hmm. the tears kept coming dude i was like dude this is and there was a time where there were few wrestlers i hated more than mark briscoe whenever he was doing you know all the, the weird fucking kung fu. kung fu yeah, yeah. bullshit that's and... been the part that drew me away from the briscoes for so right long, was i hated right. redneck foo um i'm gonna be fully transparent here. The Bucks are my number one tag team of all time over the Briscoes. The Briscoes are a close number two, like one B. Like I, I wouldn't be upset if you said Briscoes, but it's like I like the culmination of what the young Bucks are more than what the Briscoes are. 
but I think Jay Briscoe was a better wrestler than either one of the young bucks. If that makes sense, where it's like, I think Mark was the, the lesser of the two Briscoes. He was awesome in this match. He killed it. Singles star. I'm serious. This was special. Well, he's going to win the ROH title. Right, right. But like I'm I'm serious. Like he was mm-hmm. fantastic in this match. Him and him and Lethal did so oh, so setting well. Setting up that J driller spot over I and know, over and oh perfect. Um we had a mutual friend who was at this show and was kind of curious, like, could you hear the crowd? And I was like, mm-hmm. You guys did really good during the you know, J versus Mark match. It that actually was, sucked you know, on the TBS feed. I'm literally going to go back and rewatch on my TSN feed to to get the full experience because I could tell I could see them making noise and it just typical TBS feed. It wasn't doing its job properly. Yeah, I came through on the fight feed. They uh, they did really good in this match. Um, Mark, it's the J driller and post match. Sorry, I've got a creepy car driving through the neighborhood. Cool. Anyway, um, Post match, um, the entire locker room comes out. Mm-hmm. The graphic celebrating the life of Jay Briscoe was up on the screen. Um, yeah, Lethal went right back to crying. Mark is um, fired up. Mark's, as hell. Mark's in the camera talking, mm-hmm. and huge credit to Ian Riccoboni who just shut up mm-hmm. and let him talk. Um, that that's that's some really awesome broadcasting there. So much, so much awesome stuff. This was really good. I'm really looking forward to watching that giant tribute show. Um, any other thoughts on the match on the night before we get out of here? Um, there are so many things I could say about the arc of Jay Briscoe and the redemption and all of those things. And so many things I want to say on a different day because it speaks to a bigger topic. And it's actually like for both Jay and Mark Briscoe, spoiler alert, when it does come like two months down the road, when I want to talk about it, it is like the highest compliment I can pay to them both as human beings. Like it for when I factor in the part that's about me and factored into what I'm going to say on it, it's, it's very significant and how highly I think of both of them as humans. So I'm just going to leave it at that, okay. that I think the world of Jay and Mark Briscoe as human beings and when the time comes, I'm going to go into the longer details of why. But for now, that conclusion is enough. Yeah, I'm. Um, I have loved every single piece I've read and listened to, talking about how great the Briscoes are. If you, you can hate Dave Meltzer till the cows come home please read that observer thing that, that was special that was really special and he does an amazing job with it put and he takes his any, time too yeah, he did a lot of interviews personal feelings because he hits a home run i mean when you've got the cornets and the bischoffs coming out and openly like thanking tk for what they did here those are the things that kind of transcend it and they did and we know Marcus cleared forever on TV and it's going to be really fucking special. Yeah. I, um, ton of respect for everyone involved. ROH commentary did so good. 
uh, I mean, Caprice and Ian were in such a hard spot. I, I genuinely feel for the people who knew the Briscoes and who know that family. Yeah. Man, what a special episode of Dynamite. Um, eventually, we're going to be able to talk more about this and what, what they mean. But um, until then, following Jay's example, always grows a person. Always love the people near you. Um, until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. We're the Bingo Hall boys. See you next week.